0: In this episode, how do you reach three to four wellheads quickly, then no more zipper manifolds, and cue the music, smooth move, data quickly.
1: Oil and gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour.
0: Hey folks, before we get to our guests, really quick you can leave me a review i'd really appreciate it. this is a new show and the reviews help your peers find the good shows in the podcast players like itunes google play and stitcher and i would love a five-star review but if you have some suggestions you can give me a one-star review as long as you tell me what you'd like to see us change and then a big shout out to people that give us reviews we got one in here from uh, francine d who i actually think i know who francine works for but mark love your insights from this podcast and the other ones with jake love the mix of companies across the oil and gas industry. And any detail into new and existing technology. So if you want to shout out like uh, Francine D, just leave me a review. I'll be happy to give it. And then another shout out to Nutanix, a sponsor of the show. If you need help modernizing your data center and running applications at any scale on-prem or in the cloud, these are the people you want to talk to. And I'm sitting here right now with Ryan. Ryan, how you doing today? Doing great. And Ryan, this is really cool. So I ran across something on LinkedIn, I believe, and it said FracMax. And I dug into it. It's like, oh, my God, NOV is doing some really cool stuff. Now, it took you and me a a couple months to actually get this interview lined up. But at a high level, what is FracMax?
1: Yeah, so FracMax came to us here with the customer's pain points with the current operation of the zipper manifold. Customers are wanting to get rid of iron. That's the goal. That's the game. It's a high cost to their operation. It's hitting their bottom lines. And in today's market, you know, every margin point counts. So what we came up with in a joint venture with uh, one of our customers is the FracMax. So the FracMax is an articulating arm that basically can reach three to four wellheads and replaces your traditional zipper manifolds. So you have one continuous line of pipe instead of the multiple hookups, almost like an octopus arm in today's traditional setups.
0: Yeah, well, back you up just a little bit. If the audience doesn't know what a zipper manifold is, what is that?
1: A zipper manifold is basically three gate valves and then a bunch of Low iron that is hooking up into a goat head. So it's basically how they isolate the wells right now so they can be able to do the multi frac so they can frack on one well and then move over to wireline and continuous operations. It's a lot of setup. There's a lot of maintenance. There's a lot of wear and tear on those items, and it's at a lot of expense to either the frac companies or the operator.
0: Yeah, so that's actually a perfect explanation. So, I got to ask you when y'all came up with this, was it hard for you to get your clients to test it, to adopt it, to do a proof of concept? Because you know, our industry, we hate anything
1: new. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, everyone likes innovation, but then they don't want to be the first ones to test it. So, the nice thing with this project is we worked in conjunction with another frac company. So, they were very much partners in the whole process with it. So, they were part of the design. You know, what are your pain points? You know, we came back with some things and they come back and together. together. Together, we collaborated to make this unit in something that would function in the industry across all plays. So that was nice to have someone that was willing to partner with it because then we had a test partner as well, someone that was going to take it out to the field. So everyone that we've shown to this unit so far, I mean, the biggest thing they all want is data and points. And now that we're starting to be able to provide that, we're getting more and more traction on this unit because the word of mouth is what really helps you in the industry is somebody who uses it in Colorado. They got a buddy they used to frack with that works in PA, right? And then it just all starts trickling around. LinkedIn has also been a, a huge helping point on that. So, again, there's a lot of interest in the industry and having a partner has helped us get the test data, and, uh, you know, work out. It's a prototype, right? So first unit is not going to be the same as the fifth unit. So we've been developing and and adding upgrades as we've gone.
0: Yeah, and so when I saw this and and dug into it a little bit, the first thing that popped my head is this actually affects lost time instance, HS and E-metrics, right? Because you don't have as many men doing as many hours rigging everything up.
1: Yeah, correct. So that's one of the biggest selling features of the unit is you can get on-site, hooked in, and you're fracking a lot faster, especially on some of these wells where there's nine, 12 you know, back-to-back wells. You're not having that downtime where you got a guy basically with a sledgehammer banging away at unions, pulling all this iron apart. So the safety aspect is there, and the time savings is there. Be it just a three-well setup, you're in and out faster, or be it a multi-well 12-well pad, you're moving from the three wells to the next three wells substantially faster. And again, the guys from I've talked to in the field love it because they're swinging a hammer a lot less, which is a lot easier on their body. So they were happy about that part.
0: Yeah, if a lot of the audience for this show is people that work in town or in the office. A lot of technology people probably never been in the field. But if you've never seen a hammer union, <laughs> you've never seen guys put together a hammer union. It's almost archaic, but it works, right? But yeah, to keep those guys from having to swing those sledges all day long has to be a huge improvement as far as safety metrics. And also has to make them happier, too, that they don't have to sit there and get that workout that they didn't need to get. So my next question is, you know, when you're talking about a multi-flow, you talk about multi-well site and you're talking about high capacity flow lines, does this actually allow you to keep the pressure and the volume that you couldn't in the old way?
1: Yeah. And that was one of the key requirements for sure, because you you didn't want to take a step back. So this unit can do the traditional and most plays 120 barrels a minute. It's 8-inch iron, so 7.65-inch ID. You can get the flow rates that you need and then some. It can go a little bit more, but then you're restricted by the pumps in the back end. So about 120 barrels a minute is the max that we've seen anyone across multiple plays wanting to pump at, and this unit will do it and it's through a single line, so you don't have some of those leak points and pain points you did with the traditional setup.
0: You know, Brian, that's a great point. I even thing because you have less joints, you have less chances for stuff to leak, and that's just better for the
1: environment. Yeah, 100%. Even you know, in some of the testing that we've been doing, the guys, they don't have uh, any of the pain points when they're pressure testing it up, because it's all one single mono line. It's in, it's out, and you're connected. So you can find out any of the leak points they have from behind it. You know, what's still using traditional iron on the pumps and stuff, but you've eliminated a huge chunk of potential spills or leaks. Ryan, I got to ask you, because this thing looks incredible. How do y'all get it to a job site? So it's all self-contained. You just hook it up to a truck, a traditional trailer, and it would pull it to site. Weight is about 77,000 pounds, so it's a tri-axle. You you can permit it to work in PA, Colorado, Texas, anywhere, and that was part of one of the requirements when we are doing it, so that way you can get it from site to site with ease. And again, it's all self-contained. When you're done with the job, everything encloses in, straps in, locks in securely, and then you move on to the next location. How
0: cool is that? Instead of a whole bunch of flatbeds hauling stuff across the, the prairie. That is really cool. So just a standard tractor will bring it to site, bring it to job site. Yep, correct. Yeah. And then the other thing I have to ask you is because this is new and because we're as an industry, we're moving more and more forward towards sensorizing everything. Can we talk a little bit about the technology as far as like the data points you can pull off this thing?
1: Yeah. On the quick latch itself, it comes with a module that's uh, hydraulically driven. So that's sitting, you know, just in visual sight so that they can make sure it's locked on that. You can make sure that you're pressurized up, you've got your seals, your connections, everything, everything is where it needs to be and that you're in a safe controlled environment to be able to run and pump. Through that, then all their traditional sensors coming in, you can see the volume of sand and pressure ratings that you're going through the ID of the unit. Yeah.
0: And so you mentioned something called quick latch. I've not heard that word before. Is that something new or is it something for NOV that's proprietary?
1: So great question on that. So when we call the FRACMAX, it's, it's that arm, that unit, that articulation, but you also need some way to be able to stab it into the wellhead. So what the quick latch is, is the extension of the arm that you put on top of the wellhead. And then that locks it in and allows you to be able to frack through it. And then the nice thing with the quick latch is when you disconnect from your one well and move to your second well, you can bring in your wire line right behind it and it will work hand in hand with the quick latch as well. There's a lot of technology out there right now that is working on the wireline side and some form of locking safety mechanism. And this is just a beef up version of it that you can frack through and also do wireline.
0: That is so cool. I didn't (laughs) even know something like that existed. So when y'all were working with your partner, your frack partners, is that something y'all both came up with?
1: No, it's a technology that we needed as well, but it's through another division of NOV on our wireline side. The great thing with this project is NOV is a pretty large company and we have many different facets within the industry. So this brought in our our flowline group our on group, which is our manufacturing side, and then our Elmar group, which is our wireline side. Because in the industry today, on any traditional well, before we came up with the fracmax, everyone had some form of latching system on top to secure the wireline and just add that little extra bit of safety to the wellhead. So we've taken that technology and then again, just beefed it up to the eight inch side. So you've got that full bore and you get the flow. You don't have any restrictions straight down into the wellhead, which then goes down into the well
0: and so this almost sounds like an attempt to start standardizing that stuff
1: yeah definitely the FracMax doesn't work without the quick latch quick latch doesn't really work without the FracMax. so it, it's basically looking at the industry pain points and improving speed some extra features we're looking to do onto the quick latch is do an automatic ball launcher that's the last thing where we'd ever have a man in a man basket going up and, and doing anything manually. Once we get that in place, you won't have anyone in the red zone because the quick latch is done remotely through the hydraulic module. And then the frac max is run through a remote control. So the guy is again, freely moving around. So you will eliminate a lot of people in the red zone and that's keeping people safe.
0: Golly, this is so cool. Actually, I don't know how old you are. I'm 54, but I remember when the iron roughneck came out in the early 80s mid 80s and nobody adopted it for 20 years right and the last time i went offshore which was i was very lucky i went offshore about four years ago i guess and i haven't seen a drilling floor offshore in like 15 years and it was amazed at how small the drilling floor is because there's not people involved anymore and to your point it's just so much safer to not have people you know in that red zone or people you know using tongs and chains it's just so cool as an industry we're getting away from that
1: yeah and the technology has come so far and and what they've been able to do across the board right i've been in it for 19 years and you know the way that they fracked back then to the way now and pressures are up it's the rates everything's increased right so it's finding that safety factor and improvements and i feel like the industry right now especially on the completion side specifically around frack is having one of those changes we're always improving and there's always advancements you know every year i find there's something new but then there's those couple years or that one period where there's a big leap right there's a big change the iron roughneck also and that's you know that's just it right and then in this case it's big bore iron improving the efficiencies so it's eliminating the amount of iron amount of connections and and the safety for the guys so there's less people in danger zones and that's where the shift will be. I think 2020, you're going to see a big chunk of it. And then 2021, you're going to see even a bigger, bigger chunk of it as it gets even more adapted. And and we move forward the way we look at frac sites now in four years, we'll probably think they're barbaric and can't believe that's the way they used to do things. I'm laughing just because I
0: agree with you 110%. It's sad when I first got in this industry and if people, you're going to think I'm making this up if you don't remember, but when I first got in this industry, you would measure the experience of a roughneck by how many fingers he was missing. right? And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's gone now, which is awesome. You know, And I love a lot of the technology allowing remote operations just makes everything better and safer. So Ryan, I want to go back to a little thing that we talked about just at the very beginning was efficiency. So especially on the completion side, especially on land, you know, This industry is having to run leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner, and we need to drive efficiencies. I mean, I don't know what the costs are compared to the conventional way, but this seems like from a cost point of view, this has to be so much more efficient than the old way that we used to do this.
1: Yeah, and the biggest one is speed for hookup and takedown. And then for traditional frat guys, the iron, right? I mean, it costs them a lot of money. To certify that, track it, and then the obviously the capital expenditure of buying that iron. So this is more of a one-time purchase. And in the FracMax quick latch mentality, and when we designed it, is we went with an offshore mentality. And in a sense being longevity, right? You cannot have downtime on offshores. It's no. critical, it's it's crippling to the business, right? So with this, you know, our whole point was, you know, you buy the unit and there'll be minimal spare parts, minimal downtime as you use this. So yeah, the efficiencies come with there because the traditional, as I was saying before, that zipper. There's a lot of hookup time, a lot of iron that's set up with it, and then there was a lot of bills after the fact when, you know what, we opened up this valve, we had to do this much to fix it, here's your bill, customer. So that is getting away from a lot of that pain points, which, again, every margin dollar counts, and everyone's being pushed for efficiencies, which trickles down to me being the (laughs) OEM, coming up with the technology to be able to get there, right? Yeah, so that's Ryan's polite way of saying that he gets beat up on price. Yeah, that's stuff. a very polite way of being that.
0: And so you talked about maintenance. Let's talk a little about the maintenance from this because if I remember right, those old zipper manifolds, didn't they have to get every now and then they had to be inspected by like an independent third party or some type of recertification process? Was not there?
1: Yeah, usually every time it's after it's done a job, you're taking it back to the shop, everything's opened up, and it's being recertified, you know, what parts need to be fixed, gasket seals. I mean, we used to have a division that of NLV, and yeah, there was a lot of repair costs, to be honest with you. That's kind of used to how you make your money, right? You'd get the job for minimal, but you made it back on the back end on repairs because there was just so extensive, so much damage to them, right? Because there's a lot of turns and hard 90s and you're pumping sand, chemical and water at a high volume, right? You take a hard nine turn, you know, it's going to wear that point out, right?
0: You got to love Incadel. And if people don't know what I'm talking, it's amazing that we're able to get hydrocarbons out the ground because with those hydrocarbons, it's not oil and gas. It's mostly water. And most of that water has sand in it, right? So it's like a super powerful abrasive, like something you would sandblast, you know, heavy steel with is what you're trying to contain inside of these manifolds and valves and blowout preventers and trees and all that sort of stuff. It's amazing we actually can build stuff that holds up to that. But back to the maintenance. So, you know, to your point, the maintenance costs in the old way of doing it was substantial. Have y'all looked into kind of streamlining the maintenance on FragMax?
1: Yeah, we're still in the early stages. So we feel that we're doing continuous reviews every three months on the unit. But what we'd like to get to is either one to two intervals. And that being the two intervals at six months, you open it up, replace some gaskets, some seals, a lot of soft goods, very minimal cost. And then with a piece of equipment in today's age, there's no way you can get around not doing a big recertification once a year. It's just going to have to happen if it needs it or not. So that's when we do the UT and scope and make sure everything was you know, in its proper procedures and, and not wearing. The way that you don't want to see. So that will come with time.
0: Yeah. And to people that aren't familiar with that part of the industry, it's really important that we take all this as seriously that, you know, all of the devices we use to control those wells are inspected and are safe. You know, we can't have failures. I mean, just literally has to be a zero defect product. And as an industry, I think it's really cool that we actually build a lot of stuff that doesn't fail. I mean, you know, National Oil Well builds blowout preventers and you have to drop those things to the bottom of the ocean and it has to run itself and it cannot fail. And it's just amazing we're able to do that. It must be cool to have the NOV behind you when y'all are developing this because you have access to all that technology and manufacturing experience.
1: Yeah. And especially on this, I mean, we brought three different groups together for that specific reason. And then again, the, the tolerances all need to be within spec when you, when you go through all this stuff, because like you say, you can't have any failures. So when you do that certification, if there's anything close or whatnot, you need to monitor those pieces and make sure that the customer's aware and we got a product out there that they can be confident and safe in and it's going to get the job done.
0: And so, Ryan, are y'all at the point where you're going commercial with this or you're still at the point where y'all are, are working through the proof of concepts?
1: We have enough proof of concept that we are going commercial with it. We've got some bids out right now for some customers and we're doing another showcase for customers at the first week of March, just to come and take a look at it in Houston. Again, you can see a line card, you can see it on LinkedIn. You know, I can send you specs all day, but until you get up close and see the actual unit and see the size of the iron and how it's moving and articulating very smoothly, that's where, you know, people start to see, okay, I got some efficiencies here. I can see with this, and this is where I'm going to get some benefits from it.
0: And you know what? Now I remember where I first saw this, it was at your shrimp oil. And audience, if you don't know what I'm talking about, tough.
1: <laughs> but actually, I think I saw it. Didn't you have it set up at the last NOV shrimp boil after OTC? We did have part of it set up. I think we had a, an elbow and videos running, setting up there because we're still in you know the prototype phase. So this shrimp oil, I believe the plan is to have a full working unit out there as well just so that customers can come and see it again. When, once you touch it and, and see it, it, you can really see the magnitude of what we've done.
0: It's actually incredible because when I first saw it, it's like, this looks like something in aerospace. What is this? And I went and talked to the the people that were there. I think that's how I first started this. So let's talk about something else. Let's talk a little bit about how this works with wireline. Actually, let me just stop If people don't know what wireline is, what is that?
1: Wireline on that application is once they're done fracking, the one stage, then wireline will come in and depending on how they have it, plug and play or plug and perf, sorry, they will go up and run their tools and equipment and then drop their balls to then open up the next zone so then frack can come back in and then frack the next stage.
0: Yeah and then y'all have a wireline division and maybe you said this earlier and I just forgot about it, but did y'all work hand in hand with your own wirelining group?
1: Yes yeah, so that's the Elmar division so how NOV usually works is it's NOV and then you got your subgroup so I'm NOV mission then there's a NOV Elmar then there's NOV Anson right it just gives you that product line specific of what they do because again we go across drilling completions to production there's quite the brush that NOV will come up will touch a little bit of every facet of the industry
0: the cool thing is though since it's all NOV you've all, all worked together and everything probably just clicks seamlessly right your crews know what they're doing all the hardware is the same the software talks to each other so it should just be like a very quick way to get a well completed
1: yeah it's nice not having a third party involved in any of it because you have a lot more free honest conversations about what's going on and you realize that at the end of the day the goal is to promote this product as NOV right not one specific division trying to do their own thing we're all one. So that way it, it makes the unification and the, and the development a lot easier.
0: Yeah, so since y'all are going into the commercial phase, if you know any of our listeners out there was interested in this, how would you engage with a new prospect?
1: The biggest thing what we would do is find out what they're trying to do, what their goals are. I mean, it's all really about our customers, right? What are they trying to do? And then if we can meet those needs, then the next step is, you know, sending them a bunch of product information for sure, but we always like to get them in front of the unit and do a face-to-face with one of the stock units we have sitting in, in Roligon or in Houston, and then just come down and do a personal presentation so they can see it, they can ask all the questions, and then we can continue the dialogue from there.
0: This is awesome. And one of the things I love about National, well, like I said, I've known y'all forever, is... Even your salespeople aren't pushy. Your salespeople truly have your customer's best interest in mind. I've seen many times NOV salespeople tell a client or a prospect, you know what, we're, we're not a good fit for that. And I just think that's incredible you have that type of culture in your sales organization.
1: Yeah, it's something that's encouraged, and I do with my sales team as well. I mean, sometimes you you, you just got to tell a customer, you know what, I'm, I'm not your guy on this, right? And it, you know, most of the time, they appreciate that. Right? You know, we all... You don't ever want to lose a sale, but you also don't want to sell something that's going to work because that's going to have a a worse ripple effect. So the biggest question whenever we're we're going up specifically FracMax or any other product is... What are your goals and what are you trying to do? And once you get that established, then you can figure out what you've got in your product offering that can be able to help them get. That. Yeah,
0: I just love that. We get close to having to wind down the show. This is the point of the show where we typically do product reviews. People, please quit trying to get me to review your heavy iron. That's not what I'm looking for. I love the idea, but it just doesn't work. I'm looking for little gadgety things, You know, something that helps you in your day-to-day, some type of technology, whatever. If you know the drill, if you send it to me and I review it, I'm always tell the truth. If it's great, I'll say it's great. If it needs improvement, I'm going to say it's need. Improvement. We actually don't have a product today for this show, but once again, if you have something you want me to review, I'd be happy to do it. Then you've heard me talk about the street team. This is our all volunteer group. We got some swag coming up. We actually spent some money getting some really unique shirts designed. Those should be out in the next month or so. If you want to join our street team, it's really simple. Go to Facebook and just search for OGG and Street Team Group and join it. We have a person that will approve you. They'll ask you a couple questions, and what we're looking for is just an hour's worth of work a week. Basically, you're helping us with our social media by liking and sharing. But we know life gets in the way. So if you can't give us an hour a week, we're fine with that as well. Besides getting the cool swag, you get to join us at our live events if we're in your area. And if we're going to some conference somewhere that's in your area, you can join us as part of our press team. So it's really cool. And then if you want to see something else that's really cool, Nutanix has given away these really cool JBL Flip 4 speakers for our listeners. So it's simple. You just go to the show notes, click on it. If you want to try to remember, it's Nutanix N-U-T-A-N-I-X dot com forward slash OG Tech Podcast. Enter your information and we give away one of these JBL Flip four Bluetooth speakers a week. And just remember Nutanix enables IT teams to build and operate the highly automated private hybrid clouds. Plus, they're really cool and they love our listeners. And that's why they give away these speakers. So Ryan, this has been awesome. If people wanted to learn more about National Oil Varco and their FracMax product, where should they go?
1: Best place is our website. So go to nov.com and then in the search uh, tool, just search FracMax and you should find a bunch of information on that. Or if you go to YouTube and type in FracMax, you'll actually get a cool video showing the FracMax quick latch and our big Bar manifolds as well. So It kind of encompasses it all in there with some pretty funky music in the background.
0: (laughs) I have to admit, y'all put out some incredible videos out there. There. Big shout out to David Reed for having the staff on site to actually do more than uh, swing wrenches, right? But yeah, incredible stuff. And folks, we'll put links in the show notes, so you don't have to be anything down. down, whether you're on Android or iOS, either flip up or left, and you'll see the show notes. You can go ahead and click on those links. We'll put the link to the YouTube. We'll put the link directly to the FracMax Big Board Quick Black System. And then Ryan, if people wanted to learn more about you, where should they go?
1: LinkedIn's the best way. Search me on there. I'm open, and yeah, I'd love to talk to more people about it. If you have any other questions, that's the best way to get in touch with.
0: yeah and we'll put ryan's linkedin link in the show notes as well so once again you can click on it so ryan this has been awesome thank you so much for joining us today's show
1: i appreciate your time and yeah it's been great we love getting the word out so thank you so much
0: this is awesome all right folks we're making sure you don't get left behind one episode at a time and here are the events on deck
2: Hey everybody, Alex here with the events on deck for the next month. We have some exciting things coming up. Two happy hours, one in Pittsburgh and one in Denver. So the first one will be happening on March 22nd at Bubba's Gourmet Burgers and Beer. This event will be from 4 to 7 and will feature a live recording of Oil and Gas this week with Jake, Corley, and Mark LaCour. So be sure to check that out. You can sign up via our social medias. We have an Eventbrite sign up and should be good to go from there. The next event will be a happy hour in Denver at Liberty Oilfield Services on April 2nd. Once again, check our social medias for the Eventbrite sign up and sign up there. As some of our social media followers may know, we are headed to Aberdeen, Scotland the first week of March, in a couple days actually, for DokuruCon, creating high impact sales and energy. DOKRU is excited to launch its very first sales development conference and OGN's Mark and Patrick will be hosting a panel and recording a live podcast, so we're really excited to be joining that. The Leaders in Industry Luncheon is on March 11th at the Petroleum Club of Houston. Port of the Future is happening on March 10th and 11th in Houston. Your registration to the Port of the Future conference also allows you access to exclusive events including TSA Security and Terrorism, Research Showcase, and many more. So be sure to view the agenda and see what they are offering. The Houston Energy Breakfast will be on March 20th at the Norris Conference Center in Houston. The API Energy Houston 3-Gun Chapter will be on March 20th. This event is filling up very quickly, so make sure to get a team in as soon as possible. The BP Energy Outlook 2020 edition will be on April 21st. It's happening online. And this event is about transitions that will take place to a low carbon energy system. That's all for this month, everybody. Hope you guys have a good month and check back in next month to see what events we're having. Thanks. Check
1: us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tempt Podcast production of the oil and gas global network learn more at oggn.com